People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Happy holidays, Brothers Talk family, and welcome in to you and all of our first-time listeners around the world, wherever you're listening in. Glad you're joining us to spread the message, promoting critical thinking and thoughtful conversations to advocate for social activism and uplift people everywhere. We're also appreciating your help with the work of encouraging and educating everyone that we all come into contact with to identify, endorse, and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. In your weekly coronavirus alert, because we care, all I really want to say this week is that we've simply got to pay attention because even as so many are doing their best to ignore the truth, no one can seriously deny the fact that all around us we're hearing of people from our circle of contacts, of people, as well as national figures who recently tested positive and suffered with COVID. And many of these people who have gotten the vaccine are still the ones who are coming down with the virus. As I said, the truth is that not only is the disease surging, but like the CDC has been saying, these new variants are even more infectious. The good news for those who've been fully vaccinated is that the disease is less serious for them, and they've been recovering after only a few days with relatively mild symptoms. But those who haven't or those in high-risk categories are still being hospitalized and far too often dying. Family, we know things are only going to get worse as the holiday routines continue in earnest. So once again, here's our loving broken record message. We've got to do our very best in urging everyone that we can to get vaccinated and or get the boosters. Literally millions of people are out and about this holiday season spreading all the respiratory infections, meaning let's also not forget about the flu, RSV2, and pneumonia. So please arm yourselves and protect your loved ones. Wash your hands, wear masks in crowded situations, use plenty of disinfectants, and if you or your children do get sick, please stay home until the contagious period passes to not spread it on to others. We don't want this to be our last holiday season together because of these preventable diseases. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod, and thanks, family, for your continued support. And to continue on the coronavirus theme, I posted a message, an article on our Facebook page that showed that there are some states where hospitals are filling up. They're saying that, yeah, it's not life-threatening, but people are miserable in the hospital. They're still on respirators. So get your booster shot if you can. That's one of the things. I haven't got my latest booster shot, but that's on my to-do list this week. Probably going to do it by Friday because they're saying that people who are over a certain age, a range 50 to 55, 55 to 65, and so on and so forth, and children who are four years old and younger are more vulnerable to the virus. So go out there and protect yourself and protect your family and keep everybody safe. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just wanted to do an update to a couple of stories we've discussed in the past. 
Mace and Cameron, two rappers who formed a sports podcast that really, after a half million dollar investment that has turned into a, over a $30 million endeavor, has decided to, to produce a show for the former Knicks player and NBA coach and analyst, Mark Jackson. Now, these brothers are working with other brothers to create more content and more opportunities for our people. And I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was fantastic. And I also wanted to mention Deion Sanders, who in Boulder, Colorado, has had over $130 million economic effect for that city and has just brought so many jobs and created so many opportunities for coaches and what have you, but also has sold over a million dollars in his sunglass company and has created even more opportunities. So I just wanted to mention those two things because some of our people are actually making it happen for some of our people. Our topic for this week is really focusing on money for foreign nations. You know, we're living in a time of two of the most blatant examples of hypocrisy in our government's history. First, there's a widely distributed video clip of Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby, who's getting all choked up over the innocent lives being lost in the war between Russia and Ukraine, which is tragic. But then the same guy just flippantly and nonchalantly called the loss of lives of thousands of people, including children in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, basically the cost of war. And he went on to blame Hamas and even questioned the number of casualties that were being supplied by the Palestinian Minister of Health. But the other real hypocritical stance that I want to draw your attention to is this allocation of our dollars to support these wars. We're talking about billions of dollars that are literally being given away to Ukraine and Israel to spend on the war. And that doesn't include the weapons that are also being provided at, at a cost to the American public of many more millions of dollars. Now, that may be great for Lockheed, Raytheon, Halliburton, McDonnell Douglas, and all the other members of the military-industrial complex. But why isn't anyone talking about the fact that not only is our government seemingly uninterested in the wars of our allies in countries of people with color, like on the African continent, but much more importantly, how is it that no one is complaining that this money is adding to the national debt? Now, we always know how the Repugs in particular cannot ever find the money to help the inner cities or especially fund any programs to address the chronic and historical inequities of African-Americans, and especially as related to reparations, without talking about the impact on the deficit. Why? Because it doesn't. To my own lament, I wish I could find the name of the author of the book that the truth was told about the fact that the national debt is basically a propaganda myth because, as she said, unlike the fake comparison that the government likes to make about balancing the budget like the average housewife is a ridiculous uh, analogy because the government can print money, which is something that no household can do. And if you need any proof, just remember what I said in the first part of my comment that has been a part of our foreign aid and support for every one of our so-called allies, especially when they look like our Caucasian brothers and sisters, that we can miraculously find billions of dollars that seemingly not only doesn't need to be accounted for, but there are absolutely no plans for any type of repayment. Witness Japan, Germany, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and on and on. So I'm somewhat amused that they're now having trouble getting the aid for Ukraine and Israel by tying it to the monies that they want to use for keeping the people of color out at our border. Can you say racism? You know, Rod, I thought about this a lot, and I think we, we, we touched on it a little bit before, and it is the kind of money 
that was we've been sending to Israel since the, the state of Israel has been formed. I think when the state of Israel was formed, they started sending like $5 billion to, and, and that was back in, in the 40s. My thing is, black people, we've been paying taxes in this country since we've been some sort, somehow free, free ain't freedom. But anyway, we've been paying taxes, but we've been not been reaping the benefits. You know, when you think about in the 50s and the 60s, when we were paying taxes, we were being redlined and we're still being redlined. We could only get a certain kind of insurance. We could get barrel insurance, but we couldn't get any insurance so that so that, you know, we could get a big insurance policy to, to leave our loved ones in a better situation. So we couldn't get that insurance, but we're paying taxes and our tax dollars. We weren't getting those contracts that were given to companies to do work for cities, towns, municipalities, state and federal government. We weren't getting those contracts and and we're still not getting a lot of them. But in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we weren't getting any of those contracts. And now over the years and all these wars, we see money being dove out to country after country that's not contributing anything to our budget. But yet our tax dollars, African-American tax dollars, are being used no matter how much it is. It could be one cent. But it's our tax dollars a bit that's been sent to, sent to these other countries. And why can't we use some of that money to build our communities? Why can't we use some of that money? What's wrong with reparations? When you say reparations, people lose their minds. They're not losing their minds with the kind of money that we've been sending to Ukraine and to Israel. I get it. It's a national security thing. I understand that. I get that we're fighting for the sake of democracy. I get that Ukraine, we need Ukraine. We're propping Ukraine up to fight Russia. I get all of that. But we can't do both. Somehow, all of a sudden, we have money to send to Ukraine, but we don't have any money to deal with some of the ills, some of the systemic problems that's been going on in the black community by no fault of our own. It's because we've been denied opportunities. We continue to be denied opportunities. So we can't do both. We can't get we can't get no crumbs. Well, just to respond to one thing you said, I don't believe that we're fighting for democracy because this country has a history of actually destroying democracies around the world. Actually, this is more of a resource and capitalism thing. But I wanted to touch on the fact that our Pentagon can't account for trillions of dollars. That's a black hole in this country. There are trillions of dollars, taxpayer dollars that are unaccounted for right here at home. And nobody's even addressing that. Forget the money that we're spending on these crazy wars and basically helping Israel and what have you, they're getting billions of dollars every year. I believe Israel gets $10 billion every year, regardless. What about the money we're wasting on these weapon programs for weapons that will never be used, that they already have literally programs that they're spending billions of dollars on that have already been basically called failures? If they just tighten up the basic military spending in this country, we would have enough money for everything. You're both making my point amplified because what I'm going back to is my original point, which is that these monies don't seem to need to be accounted for, that nobody ever says, well, we need to find this money out of the military budget. We need to find this money out of foreign aid because it's just a given that they have this money that they can just pull out of seemingly nowhere to just send without it having any impact on 
the quote unquote national debt that always seems to come up as the objection when they talk about anything from reparations to the programs that are geared to help out in the inner cities to the programs that are geared to address the basic inequities that exist from education to health care to home ownership to business ownership, that anytime any uh, funding concerns come up with that, it's always the question, well, where are we going to get this money from? And so that's what I'm pointing out as the basis of the hypocrisy and that we all need to start to open up our eyes and say out loud, well, you never say that when you talk about the money that you're sending to other countries. You never talk about that when you recognize that, as you mentioned, Norm, the overwhelming amounts of money that's being just, quote unquote, lost inside the defense budget. And we know there are plenty other places, but what we are effectively pointing out is that it's a lie that, just like that author said, that the difference being this country is able to print money, which means this other lie that they talk about, our children are going to be paying off this debt, is, again, just another blatant lie, because anytime you can print money, anytime you are the world standard for currency, then you are not going to ever find yourself going into receivership or bankrupting the country if for no other reason, there are too many other countries that are dependent on the United States. So nobody's going to ever come, like they talk about the Chinese are going to come calling their, their debt notes due or the Canadians or whoever else we are indebted to. It is simply not going to happen. It's a scare tactic that they use And we need to start calling them on that bluff because they, in the same breath, give away the fact that it is nothing more than a sham because nobody ever makes them account for money that they don't ever ask for to be paid back. Remember, they talked about like $100 billion being lost in the Afghan war that they have no idea for. But the problem was there were never any plans for that money to come back to this country in the first place. So. That's what we are are pointing out, and we need all of our folks, the whole our congressional representatives and the president, accountable for using that lie to make it appear as though they can't do what they need to do for the citizens of this country. You're exactly right, Rod. I mean, you touched on so many things that that I agree with, but you have a situation that when it comes to helping the citizens, when it comes to helping the, the, the people who has little or nothing, there's always an excuse. They're always coming up with excuses about we don't have the money for that. The budget, the deficit, you know, the interest on the deficit. You, you, you hear all of those things, but you don't hear that when it comes to giving money to other countries. I don't even know. And, and one of the things we might want, might want to do is just kind of Google, do a Google search of how much money we're giving to and how many countries we're giving money to. And I'm going to assume that that's a very long list because part of the reason they're giving this money because you have bases and it's not just money. You know, we're propping up other people's economies by, by putting military bases in those other countries. So putting those military bases on other, in other countries, there are peripheral businesses that are springing up because of the military bases there. So we're propping up other people, other countries, economies 
by doing that. But our tax dollars are the tax dollars that are supporting those military bases and the military personnel in those other countries. And that's one thing that you never see the news, and all of them are elitist, news organizations. I haven't seen any stories about that. They used to do some stories about the military-industrial complex. Military-industrial complex is probably ripping the the country off more than those boys on Wall Street are because that military-industrial complex, you do hear almost every year there, especially during wartime, there's money that's not accounted for. Somebody made the argument that, well, it's not, Ukraine is not so corrupt with what we're giving them simply because the what we're giving them, we're giving them weapons and ammunition. And so it's not so much dollars that they're stealing, but still we're paying contractors. These contractors, the military industrial complex, they're the ones who are making tons and tons of millions and millions. Who knows how much money they're making? And I like to see some reporter do an article about the kind of money that in, in the companies and who's supporting those companies and what lobbies are supporting those companies and what lobbies are, what congressmen and senators are in the pockets of those lobbyists who are supporting this, the military industrial complex. Well, Scott, I wanted to touch on another thing you actually mentioned, the military bases. And I believe at this point in, in history, we have really about 900 international bases. That's ridiculous. That's strictly for profit. That's not for the basically defending this country. That That's for defending resources to give U.S. corporations access to internationally. That's not defending the United States, all right? And as far as the military-industrial complex goes, that's how this country makes money. This country literally has fought over 200 wars in its history. This country fights wars for profit. This is the ultimate war machine. And if we're not fighting wars, we're funding wars. And that's basically been the history of this country. And that's really the problem. The people of this country have to rise up and take over this military spending and this Pentagon waste and take those dollars and literally put it back where it belongs in the hands of the people. So there you have it. And we certainly want to hear what you think. So send your comments and thoughts along to us. And in our Black Business Spotlight, we're continuing to repeat and push our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide movement that we've literally stuck to since we began in 2020. It's our commitment and belief in this cause because we only have to be true to ourselves and our communities, and we hope and pray that you join us. So let's promote and patronize every Black business possible during the busiest season of the year for shopping of every type. It's hard to find a product or service that Black businesses don't provide. And keep in mind that with a blitz of all the advertising dollars spent pushing goods and services of companies owned by people who don't look like us, we don't want to lose sight of our goal to use our dollars to uplift our communities instead of enriching other groups who don't need it nearly as much as our people do. Those who don't look like us don't invest the dime in our communities and neither does the government, especially in relation to the amounts that they take from us, as witnessed our topic this week. So our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme during this long holiday season is Let's Relaunch Black Wall Street Nationwide. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember, you can follow and also share your thoughts and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. Finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.